Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking every week about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And the gardens, they're looking good if you can keep up with the watering. So we are seeing uh, uh, some plants drying out uh, because the soil is bone dry. So your drip system is really what it comes down to. It's a life support system. It just keeps plants just alive, just enough to bridge the gap between rain or, or naturally occurring storms, monsoon storms. So we've had one storm so far, at least over my house. Some of you might've had two, I don't know. Uh, but it, it, we haven't had enough moisture for this particular summer rain season. I think there's still time to come. Usually it goes through September. So we've got time to hydrate, but I was digging some plants out in the back, uh, putting some new things in and wow, was the soil dry. This is going to play out negatively for you folks out in the forests, the pines, the native pinyon pines, ponderosas, uh, the junipers. They are the ones that suffer the most. And so my recommendation right now that I'm telling friends, some key customers that come into the garden center here is, is water those things. If there's something really valuable in your yard, some of you bought your lot, you built around a couple key ponderosas or this beautiful, magnificent junipers. We've got this stunning juniper in the back. It's an alligator bark juniper. We uplight it. It's so magnificent. It is ancient. And if we were to lose that particular plant in the backyard, the entire yard would be changed. Uh, the value of our house would go down. Uh, some of you bought that. Uh, the, you're, you've got a driveway where we've built around a pinion pine. Really take care of those plants because they are at high risk right now. There are plant, there's insects flying around the forest. They're called ips beetle or bark beetle or flathead borers, tip borers. There's a lot of things flying around the yard uh, that, that, that can attack plants. You really want to care on plants. And what they're looking for are stressed out plants. So the last time we saw something like this happened, in fact, the, the monsoon rains never came. This is probably 15 years ago. And by the time we got done, entire sections of the forest were obliterated. So the bark beetle, ips beetle, started to attack certain sec segments of the forest, and they killed hundreds of trees. Uh, they took out entire neighborhoods uh, of, of their pinyon pines. So you really want to care for the only ones that were left were the ones that were fertilized and watered. So and it doesn't take much. Now, I'm nervous telling you this, but... Um, I, I, if, if I have what, what I did, okay, here's what I did. Uh, my recommendation, recommendation to you, my friends, um, if you've got some, some nice looking pine trees, I would even so go so far as to say evergreens, especially, uh, pines, spruce, they can, they can go after, uh, cypress. We'll see sometimes on the Leland cypress, especially, but sometimes it'll carry over to Arizona cypress. If you've got some of those, make sure you fertilize those and then water them, deep soak them once per month until the rains come. Just take a soaker hose. I'd go down to the hardware store, go down to True Value or Ace or someplace and just buy a 50-foot soaker hose, 
run it down the line or around the tree and just let it run for half a day. Just, just give it a deep, deep, deep soak. And that's enough to make those plants robust. They can fight off insects. They can get rid of aphids. They can get rid of bark beetle and ips beetle, flathead borers, as long as they're healthy. If they're dry, they don't have enough moisture that goes up and down the structure of that plant. And so the bark beetle get in towards the top and they just start eating their way underneath the bark. You can't even see them doing the damage. They'll get down the bark and they just start damaging trees. For mine, what I did is I fertilized, I watered, and then I actually gave it some plant protector. There's actually a liquid. We make a liquid here at the garden center. It's called Waters Plant Protector. It's a systemic. I mix it up in a watering can. I just pour it around the very base, right there at the crown, right where the, the trunk meets the soil. You just pour it around the trunk. And the plant will actually absorb this underneath the bark and take it up through the cambium layer, up through the structure of the plant, and it will protect that plant from insects. I can't emphasize how serious, because of the dryness, how serious this is. Your plants are at risk. That also, uh, any dead material in your, in your trees, any uh, a broken branch, uh, it got dry back in June and now you see some damage. If it's truly dead, I mean, if that branch, not the plant, just, just a branch coming off, any dead wood, there's certain other insects that fly around the forest and they're looking to compost dead branches. If you've got dead stuff in your trees, they'll start to they'll be attracted to that, and they'll still get into that, and then all of a sudden they're composting that dead branch. Great, they're doing their job, but then they migrate right back into the live parts, and they can they can do damage. So this is really important for roses, lilacs, what else? Apples, aspens, birch. Certain plants they just they just have their favorite foods, like you and I do. And so if you see that, it's okay to summer prune. It's, it's a good thing. Never allow dead wood to gather in your landscape, it's, especially on the plant. Not so much piles of like lumber or, or piles of firewood that's been corded. I mean, I'm talking dead material on your trees, your landscape plants. Don't allow that to happen. This is especially true for your native pine, spruce, firs, the things that have been out there for, for millennia. I mean, just literally, my juniper tree is probably four or 500 years old. I mean, it is ancient. The thing, you could not put your arms around it if you tried. This thing is magnificent. I've pruned it up to show off all that character. Then I've put art underneath, and I've got downlighting and uplighting. It's just, I've turned this ancient, ancient juniper into a piece of art that's growing, living in my backyard. And if I were to lose it, it would literally rip my heart out. It would just, I would go into tears. So I'm caring for that particular plant with extra care. And once the monsoons hit, I don't care. It's, it's on its own. It's been growing there for decades, for, for, for hundreds of years. It's fine. But I just want to carry it over to keep it healthy. This is called gardening. We're caring for living plants out in our yard that give us pleasure, that feed us that bloom, give us fragrance, attract butterflies, hummingbirds. Landscaping is it's a true art form. And so the gardener knows this, and he takes care of his living, breathing plants. They're not like puppy dogs or kitty cats, but they're darn close to it. And so it's just so dry. I, just, I was stunned at how dry the soil was 
when I was out gardening this week. I just I put a piece of art out. I'm redoing some uh, dry wash to control because I know the rains are coming. And when it flows, oh my gosh, it flows right through the middle of the yard and fills up. I mean, it rages to the backyard. But we haven't seen that this year. It's coming. So I'm just making ready for it. Redid the pond, kind of redressed things, got things going. So just things are looking really good as long as you're caring for them. We're seeing quite a few customers coming in right now with obviously dry plants. They put that plant on back in spring, put it on a drip system, and, and they really should have been supplementing that drip system with a little hand watering. Don't go crazy. I'm not talking over water things, but if your system's coming on one or two times a week and you've only got one or two emitters on there, it, it wouldn't hurt to hand water a few of your key bigger shrubs, bigger trees, and supplement so that what happens with drip systems is they form this big teardrop shape of, of moisture in the soil. Well, that's great if it if it gets some of your root ball, but it doesn't get all of it. It's not good at, at completely saturating the soil of the roots of that plant and the surrounding soil. Sometimes hand watering or supplementing that drip system for especially new things can really make a difference. If your plants are a little, little stressed right now, that's okay. Just keep them alive. I would say fertilize them, hand water them, wait till the rains come. And the second you see a rain coming, it, it, it's a game changer for landscapes. I mean, just the, the sycamores was just taken off with brand new foliage. They had ripped, torn, dried, tipped foliage. All of a sudden, it rains. Woo! They just flush all new growth. It's going to happen. Just keep your plants healthy and going until we see this monsoon rain come. And then that'll take all the pressure off of insects and the, the, the harshness of, of foliage. It'll start to bloom again. It's going on. We've got a lot in store for you. Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Trumpeting Vine, and Butterfly Bush. Monarch and Swallowtail Butterflies flock to Waters Butterfly Bush with spectacular 8-inch flowers filling the yard with fragrance and beauty. Heat, drought, wind only make this shrub bloom more. Tough enough to grow in clay, but hardy enough to shine in containers. With so many colors to choose, every yard should have at least two. You'll only find impressive butterfly bush at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Plants are a lot like puppies. They need care, water, and food. You wouldn't forget to feed your puppies, so don't forget to feed your plants. Waters 744 All-Purpose Plant Food is a gourmet meal for your plants. The only food for Arizona plants for the nutrients they need for big blooms, a hefty harvest, and tremendous trees, all naturally. It's time to feed your plants with 744 All-Purpose Plant Food from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are other gardeners in the neighborhood talking about? What are they seeing? 
And so many times, the more eyes and ears we have in the community, the smarter we all are because gardening, we actually bond, we, we learn more, we, we are better at gardening by doing it together. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. How's your uh, week going? You've been out unloading semis, I see, so <laughs> I can see. Yeah. 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 No, you still look good. <laughs> you, you look strong. Hey. <laughs> hey. There's not too many 56-year-old women that unload semis. So. That's true. Yeah. Keeps us young, keeps us fit, keeps us, you're not going to put the much of a gut on. <laughs> In this business. <laughs> How much beer you drink after? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Or wine. Uh, you can't say that over the airwaves. Oh, People are judging us no, right we now. We don't drink at work. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. No, just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> so it's been good. That the mm-hmm. little hot in the afternoon. But, you know, it's people are in. Yeah. They're still gardening. We just had a fresh load of spruce and pine come in. and. Mm-hmm. It's gone. I mean, it's just like, yeah. I was helping a customer yesterday going, Ken, where's all the plants? I said, well, there's a supply chain issue. Yeah. Um, it's hard. We've got orders out three, four, five weeks out. Uh, they're continually coming, uh, but they're hiccups. They're just, they're two weeks late or they're just, they haven't harvested yet. And so there's not as much staff out in the mm-hmm. fields to bring things in, to bring to load trucks, trucking. Right. And so we've got more inventory than anyone else in this part of the county. Uh, but it's just, it's still, and there's still demand. So oh, yeah. sales are still up, I don't know, 30, 30, 35% or something, some crazy uh, off a record year from last year. So mm-hmm. it's still going. So people are in their backyards. Yeah. And they're still planting, they're still gardening. Still gardening, so, and a lot of new people moving in still. That's so. true. Lots of new rooftops. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing quite a few of that. Uh, they've come to garden classes, they've mm-hmm. been coming to three or four of them. And now they're finally moving in. Mm-hmm. And they're gardeners, obviously, because they're coming to garden classes. <laughs> and either they're completely bored or they're, <laughs> they, they want to know yeah. how to do it right. You know, save a, a few mistakes. Sure. And that's what the garden classes are. Is, is how can we help folks make less mistakes? Gardening mm-hmm. is learned by making mistakes. But how can we learn off of someone else's mistakes right. and not make as many? That's, that's kind of the goal. Mm-hmm. Very true. Garden questions. So yeah. what do we got? Any, anything? Show me the interesting. Start with interesting, and then we'll go to hard. Uh, <laughs> how about we just start? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So talking about uh, new. So Mona is new in Prescott Valley. Yeah. She has a raised guard prepped on the east side of her house. She wants to know, can she still plant? And what kind of perennials and colorful shrubs would you recommend to put in there? Oh, east side. Actually, east side is the best side. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Prescott Valley, especially, because you got those valley areas, mm-hmm. you're exposed to that southwest wind. Yeah. There's this prevailing wind, mainly in spring, not so much now, that just blows on your gardens, and it affects plants. It can dry them out, especially new seedlings just coming up. Well, the east side, you're protected from that wind. And you get the morning sun. So in the early spring, it'll it'll get rid of the frost faster. Things will germinate quicker, mm-hmm. uh, and they're just they just grow better. That half day sun, and they got the afternoon in the summer, afternoon protection. You can almost grow anything you want except the hardcore shade plants. So hosta, probably not so good out there. Yeah. But hookeras, that's kind oh, of a borderline plant. Happy. It would do great sure. right there. Beautiful evergreen perennial. 
Uh, your grandparents called them coral bells because they got little flowers that kind of come up like coral bells, up about a foot high or so, maybe 18 inches. Um, but salvias, gallardias, there's a lot of choices right now at the garden center. We've got a greenhouse filled mm-hmm. with perennials that, that will grow in the sun. That's actually a full sun garden. So if you're new to the area, full sun is defined as six hours or, or more of sun. So that's the, at this altitude, that's pretty intense. Right. Uh, in other areas of the, of the country, you know, no, that's only a half day of sun. Going, well, that, uh, here that's enough. Uh, you still get light that bounces off, reflects. It's still bright. Uh, but six hours or more, full sun plants. And so uh, echinaceas, uh, probably the number one seller, salvias. Mm-hmm. I, I would not introduce Russian sage in there just because, or mint. Because that's all you'll have. It takes over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It just takes over. But you could introduce a lavender sure, or a rosemary. Mm-hmm. It'd be beautiful mm-hmm. right there. That's one. Bring a picture. Give us some dimensions because right. you can't see, oh, it's a eight-foot mm-hmm. bed or a 20-foot bed. Right. You can't really visually see the dimensions. We can help you design that all day long. Mm-hmm. And yes, you can plant and things would thrive, especially in a raised bed because raised bed, you're, con- you're condensed. You're watching it better. You're, set, you, you're planting. You want to watch your little babies grow. So you're watering your... You're fine-tuning that. You're, you're communing with that more often than mm-hmm. I planted a tree in the backyard. The drip system barely reached. I hope <laughs> it lives. I mean, that's different yeah. uh, than, than raised beds or mm-hmm. off the patio. Plant a new tree off the patio. You're there every day sipping iced tea, enjoying morning coffee. You're just there watching it more so you can pamper it. So absolutely, you can plant right now. And there's a lot of choices at the garden center. I would agree. Yeah, lots of nice things in to look at. All right, Charles has a question about his aspens. They're about 10 years old. He waters every day. Shame on you, Charles. Okay. (laughs) Um, He has black spots all over his leaves, and the color is somewhat fading. He wants to know what he can do to help his aspen. Yeah, so, okay, it's probably overwatering. We already, you kind of implied that one, but you should not water aspen every day. It doesn't like that. And so what will happen is just the coloring, you're flushing all the nutrients out of the soil, and so it's actually starving to death. Mm -hmm. So fertilize it. I would give it two fertilizers. Now, one f- true food, all-purpose plant food. It's a seven, 744 all-purpose food. We make it here at, at Waters Garden Center. It's got lots of sulfur in it, some iron that'll help it green up, help it flush new leaves. We are not by any means close to the fall. I mean, if things are showing fall color now, they are stressed out. Yeah. And more than likely, it's from overwater at this point, especially knowing you water every day. Uh, we've probably got some root rot, some things going on. So just come talk to us. This is probably important. Uh, don't let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the tree is stressed, and it will die on you if you're not careful. I mean, it'll, you just want to pamper it. But there's plenty of time to recover. Probably back the watering off to a couple times a week. You know, Give it rest in bet- at least one day. Maybe yeah. water three or four times a week and train it to go to once a week. There's no way a 10-year-old tree needs water every day. That is not how God in- created trees. They're made to go long lengths of time with large root structures for sometimes months at a time before it needs water. Mm-hmm. Not as much an aspen, but fertilize. Give it also humec. It's a all-purpose food and humec. That'll help it root. It's an organic. It's, it's humic acid. It'll help it green up and help it re-root 
and that's going to be your secret to that. The spotting, it's got leaf spot. That's a disease. It's from overwatering. So it's got leaf spot. It's got bacteria eating the foliage off the tree because it's just too wet. It can't protect itself. So I would spray it with Revitalize. We've got an mm-hmm. organic spray here. Come, Basically, take a picture. Come talk to us. You need to get in here right now. <laughs> you can't solve this over the airwaves. <laughs> get in this here. Charles, come on. <laughs> All right, another quick one from Linda. She's looking for a privacy tree from a new home that's being built behind her. Her bedroom window faces yeah. the home. She was thinking of a pine, but she also wanted to know, is pine good or is there a better recommendation? Oh, it's great, great choice, especially for a bedroom because Austrian pine, Scotch pine, those are probably the, Austrian is probably the one I would go with. It's fastest growing and the least diseased mm-hmm. problems. Uh, that, that's that's and you could, you're fine to plant that right now. So we've got some beautiful new specimens that just came in. In fact, if you want to take a look, go to what I set up a website, uh, top10plants.com. Ooh. It goes to our new store we launched, Ooh. and look at trees, evergreen trees. It'll have all the pine. You can see what's in stock right here, right now. So look at that. You can look at all the pine trees. It tells you how how tall, how wide. It'll help you kind of do some research, and then you can come in and take a look. You could buy it right there. But I encourage you, you're right there. Come in, and we'll help you handpick one right here at the store. We can do your homework there and buy here or, or buy there and pick up here, whatever. That's a good way. But, yes, pine trees are a great way to go. You can also look at uh, spruce. You can look at junipers, cypress. There's more choices, and all of those are on that top10plants.com. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion plants for August are radio red salvias, butterfly bush, and trumpeting vine. Large clusters of red and orange flowers create a dramatic show all season long with Waters Trumpet Vine. This vigorous vine thrives in heat and blooms profusely with neglect. Quickly covers large areas as a ground cover, spilling over retaining walls, screening a fence, or cloaking arbors. Guaranteed to attract more hummingbirds and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Oh no, my pine trees look terrible. Never fear, Plant Protector is here. Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. The harvest is really good right now. And so I don't know if I can eat any more plums. I don't know if I can use all the peaches coming off the trees. The peppers are producing like crazy. Tomatoes are coming off. It's so exciting from now through really the end of October is when the harvest is truly coming on. So uh, if you've if you've planted some edible plants out there in the yard, 
this is the time when you reap the benefit. So grapes, uh, the grandkids visited this weekend, and we took the kids out and we ate grapes. I mean, they just thought that was the greatest thing. It's almost like a rummage. It's like a they're just going through trying to find these clusters. A little brutal. So, so two-year, four-year-olds are, are kind of brutal. That's okay. It's part of the joy of, of sh- spreading that joy. I will sacrifice a couple clusters of grapes to watch the, the, their eyes get this sparkle. And I'm going, is this actually real? We're not at Costco. We're like out here in the gardens. We can eat right off the vine. They just love this. And so lots of green grapes coming off. I've got two varieties out there that uh, are producing well, and they just melt in your mouth. When you're growing grapes, and I'm not a professional vintner, I don't, I don't try to bottle stuff up. It's just for my enjoyment and my kids' and grandkids' enjoyment. Uh, we, we just table grapes. Um, they're not actually professionally cared for. I trim them like you should. Uh, they're, they're beautiful. So I trim them for beauty, and then they produce. So I'm not trimming them for production. I'm trimming them for beauty first, then eating off them. So the grapes are just a little bit smaller. Um, I don't water them as much as I should. They're pretty old grapevines. Uh, they've probably got a trunk on them like a tree. They're looking pretty good. Um, but they produce consistently without a lot of care. But the grapes are just a touch smaller, which also means they're a touch sweeter. They just literally like candy melt in your mouth. But big clusters. So they're probably eight-inch long clusters. So if you're from California or someplace, or, or, uh, Oregon areas, someplace where they're really famous for their, for their grape production, just the grapes are huge clusters. They aren't that. You'd be disappointed. But if you took your kids out and you're eating grapes fresh off the, fresh off the vines, they're magical. They're really good. They're good enough for me. Uh, could I make them better? Yes. But isn't that gardening? You can always make it better. That's why we're gardening. We're taking we're taking notes, garden journals. We're actually uh, trying to modify. Oh, next year I think I'll fertilize here. I'll probably bump the watering up if I haven't seen water by June 15. I'll try to get a little bit more, and I'll maybe supplement some water with by by hand, and that would make the the clusters larger. That's I'm I'm not. That's okay. Uh, for now, it was like magic. Oh, we came home. We picked fresh peaches. I mean, I lift the grandkid, granddaughter up. She's only two. Lift her up into the tree. She picks her own peach, put her back on the ground, and she just eats it like till her face is covered. That's what you can do with fruit trees here in the mountains of Arizona. This is very good producing Apples and pears and cherries, apricots, nectarines, peaches, plums, more green gauge plums. Again, there's so many. They're starting to fall on the ground. I can't get to all of them. This tree is pretty good sized. But plum production, there's nothing better than a fresh plum. I mean, just store-bought plums just will not taste the same. They just aren't as good. They're more pithy. They're just not as sweet. They're, They're mushy. They're just... But right when the afternoon sun warms up the fruit and then you pick it fresh off the fruit and it just melts in your mouth. I mean, my, my mouth is watering. Just think, in fact, after this segment, I think I'm going to walk out the door, studio door, and just pick a plum. I think I'll have one. Uh, we have so many plums. I was teaching the kids. Maybe this is not a good thing to teach, but, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I run one of the largest companies in the county. I mean, just... 
we do okay for ourselves. And so he's, he's, he's sucking on the pits. I'm worried about him. Worried about him choking on the pit of this plum. They're going, Joshua, don't eat the pit. Don't put it in your mouth. We live in America, man. Eat the best parts. Throw the ends off when your hands start to get gooey on the ground and go pick another plum. There's plenty of them. Go for it, boy. Go for it. He's going, oh, yeah, oh, that's a great idea. And so lift him up. He's only four. Up in the tree, picks two or three of them, puts two in his pocket, eats the other one, throws it on the ground, and has some more. He's, it's like a gorge fest. It's so much fun, the harvest season. Have fresh mushrooms out of the garden. Yes, I grow mushrooms. Uh, fresh peppers, stuffed them, uh, grilled them. Oh, this is the season we live for. The key is just making sure you water, care for, and pray for rain. So I'm, I'm having to care for plants a little bit, some trim things back, uh, to, taking some of that summer sucker off of the peach of the fruits after I get done picking them to keep them the size that I want. There's a whole radio show on just how to summer pruning on that alone. Maybe I'll share that sometimes. Or write a, I'll write a garden column on that. That would be a great one. I'll just add that to the rain schedule. Lots more in store for you. We have Lisa Waterslane coming in after this with her garden segment. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Waters Garden Companion Plants by our maple, verbena, crepe myrtle, and rose of Sharon hibiscus. Rose of Sharon is a mountain hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms. Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds. She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees. Available Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment. You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we have Lisa Waters Lane back in the studio. You know, I don't know why. Why don't you just come in the studio yeah. Stay with me in this small cubicle I call my office. <laughs> I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> just help me do the whole show. It'd be great. It'd be entertaining. I would like it. The listeners would like it. The show would be upgraded. We got better opinions, better thoughts. What do you think? Uh, no. We have been doing it this format for what, A 20 years? <laughs> I mean, I'm doing two segments. That's, that's like true. It's a third of the show. The sh- okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, just trying. So Lisa Waters Lane, this segment is hers, and she just shares what's going on in her gardens, her her thoughts, how she's helping customers, what she's seen in her own gardens. Just uh, a woman's perspective, I think, is better. Uh, the fragrances, you just pick up colors. You're t- you just have this artistic thing that I can never dream of. You got beautiful gardens, and I, and I talked you into well marrying me. <laughs> 
33 years ago. And then I talked into coming on the show. And so I think that's, I respect your opinion, my dear. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Can I have that in writing? Sure. I'll I'll put it in poetry form. Can I have it on a plaque? (laughs) Well, now you've just gone too far. (laughs) We did just have an anniversary. Happy anniversary again, dear. Thank you. Um, 33 years ago. Yep. I created a, technology is amazing. There's a 3D <laughs> cube of glass. I took our picture of our, one of our uh-huh. anniversary pictures, and they embedded that in the middle of the glass, and it was a two-dimensional digital photo, but right. they made it 3D. It's crazy, beautiful. And then it lights yeah. up. Kids were mesmerized. The grandkids couldn't look at it long <laughs> enough. It's it just different. It's very unique. Yeah. I like it. It's really cool. But when it's when it's on in a room, the rest of the room is dark. It looks... You need it to pulsate. It's kind of eerie because wherever you move, <laughs> the little figures move yeah. and look at you. So yeah. really we told neat. our kids they had to keep it for like forever, <laughs> pass it down to the generations. Upon our demise. <laughs> they're going, who are these people? Grand, great grandpa? What are, what are they going on? Well, that's your great, great grandfather. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's long gone. <laughs> put it back in the drawer. <laughs> we don't split it out. We never put that yeah, out we, anymore. <laughs> we should talk about gardening. That's kind of morbid. We'll talk about gardening okay. stuff. Okay. Well, like you said, uh, earlier, I was unloading a semi this morning and that's probably, I think the third, yeah. fourth one. Fourth truck this we week. We got in this week. So yeah. a lot of new stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff that's just gorgeous, a lot of stuff that we've kind of been out of, but we're finally getting yeah. new stock back in. So I thought I would just kind of hit a few of the goodies that's great. that came in. I love those crepe myrtles that just came in there. They're gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Probably the last load. Yeah, I think they're so. Because they've been in bloom for oh, mm-hmm. two months. Right. And so we've sold hundreds of crepe myrtles. Mm-hmm. But this just looks, oh, they're beautiful new lavendery pinky Yeah, so we color. got uh, endless... Uh, endless red, yeah. and then we got a musky, muskiki, which is yeah. kind of a lavender yeah. color. So yeah, I mean, we this probably is the last load for those crepe, crepe myrtles, myrtles, which are yeah. yeah. But I love crepe myrtles in the yard. The colors yeah. on them are just so dynamic and so bright. You see them from like a mile away. So yeah. every yard should have a crepe myrtle. I think every yard should have at least two crepe myrtles. They come in so many colors, and they love the heat. They yeah. love the sun. Great plan for our I don't climate. care if you're in Black Canyon City, all the way up to Camp Verde, Cottonwood, Sedona, Williams. I mean, all the valley areas, Paulden, Skullvet, they all, they just grow. They adapt to the mountains mm-hmm. and the heat, the hot spots really right. well. Yeah, quite nicely. We also got in, which we've been out of for a while, some new gardenias. Oh, nice. So the one we got in is the one called Frostproof, which yep. is probably one of my favorite. Hardiest. I love that one. Um, so those people who've been looking for those, come in and check them out. Gardenias are great for east side of the house, uh, filtered light. Probably not the best in the hot sun out by yeah. themselves, but everybody has a spot they could put one. We have ours in a container on mm-hmm. the back patio. It's the north side. It's where we entertain. Lots of seating areas and the fragrance. It's an evergreen shrub mm-hmm. that blooms with fragrance like none other so gardenia and there's a hardy variety that's frost is mm-hmm. probably the toughest of all the gardenias yeah. for the mountain gardens very nice one and we got some chicago hardy figs in Ooh, nice. so for those people that have been looking to finish off their orchards or their what do they call that kind of gardening orchard edible sustainable uh, permaculture. permaculture okay yeah, yeah. 
So maybe Didn't I'm totally he, wrong, but you know. <laughs> customer listeners will let us know. I sure <laughs> they will. always do. But yeah, the Chicago Hardy is nice because it's rated for a much colder temperature than yeah. a lot of like your uh, brown turkey, black missions. So it's a good one for here. Yeah. Definitely Best, one. I would say. But it, does, it doesn't burn back. Some of the other varieties can burn back to the ground. It acts like right. a perennial, which is fine for figs. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Chicago Hardy is, I think, the most robust and still has got that big, rich, dark yeah. fig that melts in your mouth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We also got in some really nice looking uh, Rose of Sharon in the Hibiscus Rose of Sharon. So that one's going to come back every year. We got the chiffon, uh, kind of a lavender double flower one. Very, very pretty. And then we got a blue, I call it azure satin. So it's more of that single one, but the blossom on it is really nice and big. Very, very pretty, standout color, beautiful out in the yard. What color is that? Is that blue? It's it's blue. But it's yeah. kind of lavender. Periwinkle. La- peri- I'll call okay. it periwinkle. As a man, I don't even know what you just said, but okay. Blue. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> we'll call it peri- <laughs> God only gave me seven crayons. Can you relate to the which 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 of the seven? Anyway. Uh, we also got some great uh Physocarpus, which is nine bark. I was trying to think of the yeah. other name. So nine barks, um, I think are just a beautiful, beautiful shrub because they come in uh, some of those more different colors that you can't always find in shrubs. They kind of have the burgundies and the bronzes. And we got one in that's uh, called darts gold, which is kind of that chartreuse green, oh, the yellow one that shows up wonderfully out in the yard. If you have dark spaces, yeah. it's, it's good to put that color in there because it really pulls, um, you see it so nicely out in the Nine yard. Mark has a big leaf to it. Mm-hmm. It's stunning. Very unusual. Grow it in containers, raise beds. Yeah. But again, it's one of those unusual tough plants. You folks in the Midwest, you know what nine bark is. Everyone else doesn't. <laughs> but it grows here in the mountains yeah. of Arizona really well. It grows quite nicely. So we got tiny wine in, which I think does have a smaller leaf, but still kind of a dark bronzy, real pretty, yeah. pretty leaf. The darts gold. And then we got amber jubilee. Of that one. It's definitely nice. worth checking out if you're looking for something different in your yard besides just another boxwood, you know. Yeah, you not eight bark, <laughs> not ten bark, nine a bark. That's called nine bark. That's a good nine, question. Nine bark, I don't know. <laughs> we'll probably probably Dr. Out. Nine came up with it, so he named it nine bark. It's <laughs> usually how it works. Nine. Okay. <laughs> that sounds that was offensive. Sorry. Yeah. I just unloaded a truck. I'm tired. <laughs> I could be okay. dehydrated. <laughs> so we also got some wonderful spireas, and we got the Anthony Water, which oh, has nice. that really dark, dark pink fuchsia blossom on it. Uh, Double Play, which is another pink one. We got Gold Flame, which there again is really pretty because it has that pink blossom, but the leaves are that gold color. Yeah. And so it just shows up so nice out there. And then Magic Carpet, which I think is Magic Carpet more the dwarf Yeah, it's a, it's a low-growing. Mm-hmm. Spireas can be large, like Anthony Waters up, I don't know, knee-high. Mm-hmm. So you just almost change by color, by height. So the it's more of a ground-cover type variety. Mm-hmm. And Spireas, if you're in the animal country... Deer, don't bother it. Rabbits, yeah. do not eat spireas. I don't know why, but they'll take you color now through fall. Yeah. No animals eat it. It's tough. It's mm-hmm. a great plant for your. I agree. I agree. And then we also got some different blueberries in. We oh, got nice. Duke, Patriot, and Sunshine. So for those people who didn't quite grab them earlier in the season, but yeah. they're still thinking blueberries, um, those would be great varieties to put in. 
I didn't look. Do they have blueberries on them? They don't. No, okay. It's, it's way too late to say. <laughs> I'd be truly awe-inspired if they had blueberries say, no. <laughs> this time of year. But you can plant them now. Nice shrub. They'll, they'll produce next spring mm-hmm. for you. Anyway, great. New plants just off the truck that you can plant right now and add to your gardens. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners will be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Ouch! Aw, man, another rock! Hi, I'm Rusty. You know, the shovel you're destroying trying to dig that hole? Sure, I get it. We got these beautiful plants at Waters Garden Center. Waters asked if they could plant them for you, but no. You had to do it yourself, even though they would plant, deliver, and guarantee your plants for two years. I hope I don't end up like that old pickaxe. Ouch! Prevent yard tool abuse. Waters Garden Center. They plant, deliver, and guarantee. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. I had mentioned we were starting to harvest peaches and plums and grapes Certain varieties, they they ripen at different times. And so it starts really with apricots and nectarines, and it moves over to peaches and cherries. And finally, the last harvest of the year will will probably be uh, pears and apples. Citrus can be more of a winter crop too, So, but we're not really up in citrus. The mountains is not citrus country. Many of you tuned in, I'm sure, have two homes. You've got your winter home down in the valley, down in the deserts, and you've got your summer home up here where it's nice and cool. Um, so there, we'll touch on that for a bit. How to harvest, when to harvest, when do you know when fruit is ready? thought I would just go down a couple of key things that I've just learned over the years and what to look for. This is important if you've got a brand new apple tree. Apples and pears, they're like a tease. They sit there looking beautiful like pieces of art for months. And you just want to pick one and you want to eat them. But you've only got you know, 18 fruits, you don't want to sacrifice one. When do you go for it? Here's the lesson. Here's how you know. So with apples specifically, now apples, what they do, they've got a hormone that sends off some ethylene gas. And so that gas sends off per, off the apples, and then it causes the stem. The stem will actually start to stop producing. It'll shrivel, and then the apples will start to drop. That's almost an indication of when you when they start to drop, that's when you pick an apple. Another one, okay, that maybe isn't quite good enough, but uh, you can also, if they pull off gently, if you just give them a slight twist and they pop off, they're probably good to go. Or you can check the seed. Sometimes the seed inside of an apple tree, uh, apple fruit, it'll start to turn brown. If they're still white or they're, they're not colored up yet, 
then they're not ripe yet. And so those are some tests. Of course, the ultimate test, this is, this is one I really like, the taste test. Just if they taste good, they're good enough, especially if you've got a mature tree with a lot of fruit. That gives you more opportunity. So those are some things to look at. If you let them ripen too much, they can be almost mealy or pithy. So you do want to check them to make sure if they're underripe, they'll be kind of starchy. They just won't be flavorful. So you'll kind of know, going, no, that's not ready. Nope, not, not. leave them going. So pears are a little different. Uh, pears have less of a shelf life. They, aren't, they don't stay on the tree as long. But what will happen with a pear, they'll start to get a tinge of yellow to them. So the fruit's green, 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 green. Going, man, they've been on there a long time. They're, they're firm. And then when they start to turn color, that's your cue. Oh, that's a good time to start picking those fruits. They're less prone to drop. So you'll want to actually test them before they start dropping to the ground. And pears actually bruise easier than apples do. And so they'll still be a bit firm, but easy to pick off the tree. Pears are, are one of those plants, one of those fruits that will continue to ripen even when they're off the tree. So to pick them on the little bit firmer side, but still has color, uh, pick them and let them ripen a few more days, even, even a couple weeks in the house at room temperature, they'll continue to ripen. If you leave pears on the tree too long, they can actually get gritty and almost mushy. Uh, so, so you do want to pick those on the, on the harder side rather than the softer side, pears specifically. Stone fruits, that'd be your, your plums, cherries, apricots, nectarines, anything that's got a pit in the middle of it. These, you do want to allow them to ripen right on the tree. Once you pick those off, they stop ripening. They're not going to ripen any further. So that's when it pays to leave them on just a little bit longer. And those last few days really make a difference to the flavor. And so that, that's, watch that one. Let them sweeten and then harvest them. Now, if you're going to produce, let's say, jams, or you're freezing some of these, here it's, I'll pick them on the firmer side. Uh, let's say peaches. Because usually at that point, you're going to be adding some sugar anyway, some sort of sweetener uh, to, the, to the jams and jellies. So, so it'll make a little bit better flavor, texture, not flavor, texture, if you pick them just a little bit on the firmer side. But if I'm eating them fresh off the tree, I want them, I want them ripe. I want them melting in my mouth. And that's where my plums are right now. We've all had cherries or, or plums, a, pit, a pitted fruit that just didn't have the flavor to it. You just kind of went, oh, that's not what I was thinking. That's, that's because the farmer picked those that crop and it ripened or softened in the crate while it was being shipped to your grocery store. It was just picked too early. And so if you know that, now you know in your own backyard, you can let them ripen an extra couple days and it makes a big difference on how, how the taste comes out. But the color should start coming out. They should feel soft to the touch. But really, again, taste test. Usually with pitted fruits, you've got so many of them, you can just sacrifice one or two because there's so many and, and, and taste them. And if they taste good, they're good to go. They don't store well. So you kind of want to be ready to, you want to process them right away. I mean, when you get apricots, there's so many, you don't know what to do with. You better have friends. You better have trips to the food bank. I mean, there's just so much. Uh, they're ready to go all at once. Grapes, and citrus. Let's cover those. Again, these are ones, they, they really don't ripen. Once they're picked, 
they stop ripening. That's that's as far as you're going to get to go. So you really don't want to you want to harvest grapes and citrus at the time you want to eat them or use them. Let them completely ripen on on the vine or on the tree. Don't pull the clusters or pull the fruit from the vine or from that tree. Uh, these are ones that are kind of hard to to get off. So you really want clippers, scissors, look little, little nippers or something. Cut that fruit from the branch. If if you damage where the stem touches the fruit, you can start to get rot on that fruit, or you damage. Sometimes you can tear the vine. You'll tear that branch. So it's better to have. They're just hard to get off. Seems like they're, they'll come pop right off. Twist them like an apple or a pear, but they don't come off as easily. Uh, also, if you get fruit drop on some of these things, let's say an apple or a pear, um, if it drops on the ground, if it's the first fruit, you might be careful. Many times, fruits will drop from a tree because they've been infested with worms or some something's wrong with it. I would take a pocket knife or something. Just This is, I have eaten into worms. I mean, you bite into an apple and all you have is half of a worm sitting there squirming at you. You didn't notice until you swallowed it makes you gag for a moment. I just figure added protein, but really a pocket knife. Check it. But it's usually those first fruits. The reason they dropped is there was a worm inside that ate the core out, and so it dropped. You're going, oh, the first fruits are really good. Let's see how this thing tastes. Crunch. And then you enjoy it as well as the worm did. So just something to kind of watch. Worms, really, that's the main thing. And really, they'll get into more of the apples and pears, not so much stone fruits and that kind of stuff. I would say don't tug on stems of strawberries, cherries, even tomatoes. Uh, if you're pulling the fruit off, what happens is it'll the fruit will part from the stem, and so you don't have a stem left. You really want that stem left in the fruit, and it prevents rot. It allows the fruit to last longer in your kitchen. Let things ripen up. They ripen best at room temperature in the kitchen. Just I, I know they aren't quite as good that way. I mean, for me and my taster, I'll take some of them, I'll let them ripen up there, and then I'll, a few days prior, I'll sacrifice some sweetness to have that, put them in the reefer, pull them out and have crisp, just melt in your mouth. Peaches, oh my gosh, nectarines, they just taste so good when they're slightly chilled. Uh, but they'll ripen up better. They're not going to ripen when they're cool. They're going to ripen out on the counter better for you. So, and also too, when I'm, whatever basket or bucket you have, don't pile the fruit so high that you start to bruise some of those fruits. You want to be gentle, especially with some of your stone fruits or softer fruits, tomatoes. Um, usually I'll, I'll line that basket with, with paper towels. I actually don't tell Lisa. I'll actually take one of her kitchen towels and put it in the bottom. So I'll put my fruits on there. Um, and I don't pile them so high that they start to get some weight so the bottom ones kind of get bruised. Be gentle. Watch the stems. Those are some things that, that really can help you have a better harvest, more harvest, last longer. Uh, but we're into the harvest season. Actually, if you're thinking about planting some edibles, now is a tremendous time. The trees that just came in are huge. Some of them actually still, they have fruit on them. They're a fruiting age. This would be a great time. Just watch your watering. You know, water them a good deep soak a couple times a week. You're good. Uh, but good time to plant apples and pears and cherries and grapes and berries. Just, it's a good time to plant. Be right back. 
You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden Companion plants for August are radio red salvias, butterfly bush, and trumpeting vine. Large clusters of red and orange flowers create a dramatic show all season long with Waters Trumpet Vine. This vigorous vine thrives in heat and blooms profusely with neglect. Quickly covers large areas as a ground cover, spilling over retaining walls, screening a fence, or cloaking arbors. Guaranteed to attract more hummingbirds and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I did actually launch a new on digital online nursery. So we showed off all the plants we have, not all of them, most of the plants that are here at the garden center, and we put them online. This is no small feat. This is actually super comp. I was surprised at how complicated it is to show a database off online, have pictures and descriptions and sizes, and it's still being polished a bit. Uh, I've, I've soft launched it mainly to friends, letting them go, hey, could you look at this for me and tell me what you think of it? Uh, show me what I missed, what I didn't miss. This is my fourth web store that I've launched since the 90s. So some of, I mean, they, they come and they go. So web stores come up. In the 90s, it was I partnered with a perennial company. Uh, we put a site together and we sold tens of thousands of flowers online. It was, it was amazing. But then the dot-com thing fell they went bankrupt. I lost my partner. They no longer grow plants. They're no longer in existence. And so I lost that web store. So I let it collapse. Launch another one, partnered with a warehouse. So we were selling uh, thing, you know, garden gifts, uh, uh, fertilizers, soils. I had their, I created a website, showed off their inventory. And when you ordered it, I'd bring it right in because we they were delivering weekly. And so we would just bring it to the nursery. You could pick it up or they would ship it directly for me. Well, then that company went bankrupt. This is the 2000s. This is kind of a theme, I guess. So this year, this this launch, I'm not partnering with anyone. It's just us. Uh, technology has gotten to the point where we can do this in-house ourselves. So we bought an app. So press to shop, you folks that are into this store kind of stuff. You know, it's a shopping cart. Uh, we tied it into our web store. Our, our, that is our web shopping cart. And it just, we export our data. What's what we see here at the store. We import it into this with the pictures and description, the prices and quantities. And you can actually see live data. What is here? So if you don't want to drive across town, go to, uh, I'm actually creating, buying some URLs now, buying some names. I bought top, top10plants.com. 
if you type in top 10 plants, top and then the number 10 plants, I thought, oh, that sounds pretty catchy. That'll be easy to remember too. And then it points to that store. I also bought top 10 roses uh, and it points to the rose section. So you can see all the roses that are in bloom here at the garden center. So still figuring this out. I'm mentioning this to you because you're my friends. You're, you're, you're loyal. You're, you, you, you think higher of us than maybe we should. And you tune in. I appreciate that so much. Well, you don't launch new, new ventures to people that don't care about you, don't know about you. You kind of want your friends to kind of look at it and go, hey, what, what do you think? Is this okay? How could I make it better? If you see something, shoot me an email. I would love, literally I'm changing this. Every day I change some placards. I shot it off to, shot it off to some garden center friends and they said, Ken, it's too, it looks like Amazon. It's too polished. Uh, the graphics are too good. Uh, you should make it more homey. You should put pictures of you and Lisa on the front of the front homepage. You should slide over so they can see the greenhouse. This is what this is us, our garden center. It's not some mega store. This is just make it make it homier so we know we're actually landed at the place that we're familiar with. And I went, huh? Okay, that sounds good. That's not. I try to be as my best I can, but something that we're we're trying. But take a look at that um, top. 10 plants and be kind. I know there's some flaws. We're still working that out. I haven't actually launched it yet. You could buy something online and come pick it up, but we're still working out the details. I don't want to overwhelm my team. And we've got, you know, 20 orders today. Oh my gosh, what do we do? Soft, slow, methodical, where we can make mistakes and correct. That's what we're doing right now. And you all are tuned in and friends. Take a look at it, top10plants.com. Uh, Ken and Lisa Lane, we camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking face-to-face -to, -face to folks as well. That's like the best. Until next week, may your gardens be prosperous and thrive. Waters Garden Companion Plants for August are Radio Red Salvias, Butterfly Bush, and Trumpeting Vine. Large clusters of red and orange flowers create a dramatic show all season long with Waters Trumpet Vine. This vigorous vine thrives in heat and blooms profusely with neglect. Quickly covers large areas as a ground cover, spilling over retaining walls, screening a fence, or cloaking arbors. Guaranteed to attract more hummingbirds and only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.